0: Welcome to the first episode of CEO Sunday. CEO Sunday is a series of interviews where we interview CEOs on Sunday. For week one, we interview Stuart Crane, CEO of Voice Metrics. Okay. So, first, we'll start off with uh, what is Voice Metrics?
1: So, Voice Metrics is a company that was brought about to provide voice solutions for businesses. Businesses can get all their data and everything through a voice assistant, whether it be Alexa, Google Assistant, and so forth. So, we allow businesses to connect uh, systems like Salesforce, uh, QuickBooks, and Excel and these data sources and be able to just ask for your information. So if you want to know what were your sales yesterday mm-hmm. or how many signups did we have on our website, Voice Metrics can give you that by voice. Mm-hmm. And so
0: how have you been distributing that? How have you been marketing and selling that product? It's
1: mostly online, you know, a okay. lot of it's online. So people find out about us in various ways that we have marketing related and then they'll basically just implement our skills. So you're familiar with the voice skills that are out there for mm-hmm. Alexa and Google mm-hmm. Assistant. They'll put those into place and then they'll make their connections with, APIs. so we Mm -hmm. have an API which is an application programming interface that connects their data into the skill Mm -hmm. Um, but it's mostly online and talking to people over the phone and doing go to meetings and uh, get them all set up and And then
2: once they say hey I want to join on the sales line or I want to join survey line right what does it take for that company to then get up and running. How long does it typically take? Well, it
1: depends. If it's something where they have to write programming and write code to connect their data, like their software, into it, it's an implementation of maybe a week at most, you know, to get things going. If it's SalesLine, which is Salesforce, we have a direct integration, and all they have to know is how to create a dashboard in Salesforce, which a lot of people know how to create dashboards in Salesforce. So they create the dashboard, and then they do a few clicks to connect that. And it just asks, or they can just ask it for their data.
0: So if
2: someone already has a Salesforce account and they're running it for their business right. and they want to enable that with Alexa, they've right. already got the dashboard set up. Exactly. So they should just what, enter their Salesforce login and yep. they can access it exactly. all by Alexa?
1: Yep. So they go to talktosalesforce.com, that's our URL, that's our domain, and then they just click on that and it'll, like you said, allow them to log into their Salesforce account and then it just walks them through selecting their dashboard and what data they want to ask for. Um, it's very straightforward, there's no programming required mm-hmm. for Salesforce. Now we're working with some software companies that they want to voice enable their whole systems. You know some medical EMR type systems and companies that basically already have software, they have to write some programming. So they have to write code to get data and put it into our system and make it available by, by voice.
0: And so your previous company um, that you had been working, you were CEO for 20 years, you Correct. founded and were CEO for 20 years. Correct. C R. it's CPR+. CPR+, plus. Plus, yes. Mm-hmm. I yep. was going to say C. We were talking about Salesforce, so C R M in my mind. Uh-huh. But was that, with your previous connections in that, is that who you're talking to in the industry about the health side of voice metrics? Yeah,
1: that's one aspect we're going after. But since voices can be used anywhere, in any... Um, type of business or industry that's just one niche is healthcare and in in that case that was actually pharmacy in CPR Plus's case it was a pharmacy software so the niche is pharmacy there but it's so broad as far as voice and data and systems that we're not going to just focus only on healthcare or pharmacy we're going to go to any software system that wants to voice enable their data um, but yeah, that's a good connection that I have because I work with a lot of pharmacies over the years.
2: Was that the, did you go straight from CPR plus to voice metrics or were, were there some middle points? In there were
1: some them? middle points. Uh, I was talking earlier to RJ about a TV talk network. That was a podcasting network mm-hmm. that um, I had put together to do reviews of TV shows. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of fun. We did it for a couple of years and I had a... A bunch of hosts that would host. They would watch the TV mm-hmm. show, and then after it, they would talk about it into a podcast. And then the next morning, mm-hmm. you could listen to a podcast about the show, whether mm-hmm. it's Breaking Bad or yeah. what have you. This was back five, six years ago, mm-hmm. um, and that was a lot of fun. Did that for a couple years. And then when when the Amazon Echo came out and all this voice stuff and skills and Google Actions, I was like, oh, I got to get into that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was like 2015, 2016 when I got into voice metrics and started to figure it out. And really, just last year is when we started to get traction and get people to use voice metrics and got the product working. Mm-hmm. So I have a quick question
0: a- about the uh, TV talk. Just uh-huh. where was it idea and then numbers, or was it numbers and then an idea? You saw the numbers that people, that shows had, like marketing budgets It said um, in an article I read that each show has about um, $1 million in ad marketing. Yeah, yeah. And there's a total, from the shows that you were doing, there was 7 million viewers, um, but you were expecting to, per year, get 500K in ad revenue from all the shows. Were you, did you hear about the numbers first and then have the idea, or were you like, Netflix is huge, like how can we do something? Yes,
1: so my thing is I just enjoyed podcasts and then I saw TVs, the numbers you're talking about, and I was like, how can you combine the two? And then there were already some others doing like a few podcasts here on Breaking Bad or you know, Big Brother or whatever, and I'm like, well, why don't we put them all into a network so that basically we have the big, broad reach? So I looked at both kind of at the same time, but I was mm-hmm. mostly just excited about podcasting mm-hmm. and the potential there, and it was fun to do for a while, but then I really moved over to raw data and, and business data and information rather than, because media is hard. Media is basically advertising. You know, you have to get advertising, and that's pretty tough to do. You Have a yeah. lot of eyeballs. You know, yeah. in this case, it's ears. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: We've been really focused on content creation, just because it gets. We talk about our products. We talk about systems that we do. Right. And just like Andreessen and Horowitz, they have one of the best content distribution. What have you in all of tech, and True. that's why so many people know them and look up to them. Right. The The Inevitable was a book by the founder of Wired,
2: Kevin Kelly. One it talks about 12 inevitable forces that are going to be impacting companies for the next 30 years. Mm. One of them is remixing, and I feel like the really successful companies are looking at where we're at today. All right, Netflix saw that Blockbuster movie was a big thing, movie rentals, but also Web 2.0 is a thing. Let's remix movie rentals and web and make something new. Right. You're like, okay, podcasting's this really big thing, as well as TV watching. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's remix those, make it something new. Right, and you, right. You like, saw those two trends and you made it new. How did you transition? What... How did you, like you said, you were podcasting and then you saw the release of the Alexa and Google devices. Mm-hmm. Was that, was it just really organic for you to see voice as the next thing to be moving into? Or what was it that yeah. really like sparked your curiosity to make that the next thing? That's a year? good
1: question. I think it's kind of two things. The, the The one thing is the fact that Amazon was getting behind it. And Amazon was just skyrocketing. And then all of a sudden Google got into it. And Microsoft has been into it with Cortana and those kinds of things. And then Apple has had Siri for how many years? Since yeah, 2008? So I'm sitting here going, if you got Apple, you got Microsoft, now you have Amazon and Google putting all these you know, resources and dollars into voice, it's going to be big at some point. Maybe it's not next year, maybe it's not the year after, but certainly in five, ten years, it's going to be massive. There's no doubt. So then I thought, well, how could I bring you know, some sort of capability to voice that I have experience with? Well as you mentioned, I ran a software company for 20 years Mm -hmm. and we were very focused on our metrics and our KPIs, which are key performance indicators. They're like, what are our sales? What's going on? How many leads do we have in the pipeline? And all these kinds of key numbers that CEOs and executives and even just managers want to know these key numbers. Mm -hmm. So I was like, it would be cool if I could just ask my voice assistant and it would tell me exactly what's going on in my business. So I thought about this product that could say, okay, I just want to ask what's going on in my business. How's business? So our tagline is, how's business? Just ask, Mm -hmm. okay? So you know, obviously KPIs and dashboards and metrics have been out there for years. Whether it's on a computer screen or it's on your mobile device or tablet, why not get it by voice now? Um, it's not to say we'll replace you know regular dashboards or anything, but you're cooking breakfast in the morning. You want to know what's going on at work. You just ask it. How's business? And it mm-hmm. tells you what happened yesterday, what's going on today, mm-hmm. and those sorts of things.
2: Uh, that's so. something I feel like you figured out that a lot of people haven't yet. I feel like a lot of people hear voice in these voice devices and they're like, oh, a competitor against mobile, yeah. against the screens, voice versus screens. But when we went to the last Alexa meetup, one of the events that you run. Mm-hmm. You showed us and we're demonstrating, hey, here's the Alexa presentation language. Here's how Survey Line is using the Alexa presentation language right. to to leverage screens. Mm-hmm. And now you're one of the first companies that's really realizing, okay, let's use these screens. Let's leverage the fact that Amazon Alexa is built into all of the Amazon shopping app. Google right. Assistant is already baked into the Android phones. Do you, do you think it's a competition where voice is gonna win or mobile's gonna win? or you no, know there's going to be
1: use cases in each world, you know, the world of mobile, the world of tablets, the desktop, just sitting down on a computer and actually using your mouse and keyboard. That's never going to go away, but there's definitely uses for voice to just talk to it. But in your kitchen or in your office where you want to talk to it, maybe you do want a screen and it comes mm-hmm. back and it shows you things. So you don't have to touch anything. You just sit there and say, well, how about this? How about that? And you have a conversation, but you can see as well. Or maybe there is no screen. So there's so many different, you know, combinations of modalities. They call them modalities, which is voice and and screen and so mm-hmm. forth. That it's like, why not just get the information in the most convenient way possible? However you are, whether you're sitting at a computer or you maybe have headphones on and you're just walking down the street and you don't have you have no screen. Well, just talk to it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Siri or Apple is adding into their AirPods Siri, so you can just talk to your. Siri oh. device through your AirPod, and there so go. that's going to be big game as changer. people get these. Yeah, instant game changer. So it, it, voice is just kind of taking over, but that doesn't say that screen is going away or mobiles going away. I mean, you know, the the phone is just so good for so many things.
0: I mean, we have a, a, a one person that works with us, CJ. He always has his AirPods in, mm-hmm. and he's always just on the. He he has one in, and he can keep it in all right. the time. It's light, right? And he can call his his girlfriend right. or a bit, talk on the bit or on, get on a the text phone. Text message
1: and reply to it, yes. you know. And exactly. I've
0: seen it. I've seen several people that have them constantly in their
1: ears. Right. That's it right there. And the I use think case is going to continue that, that, that way. Heart Maybe heart. not next year. Everybody's yeah. got these things in their ears, but 5 10 15 years from now they'll I mean Apple is gonna make them smaller make them more you know unique that oh, yeah. it's, and, and so it's gonna really get big over time. Oh, yeah. So my goal is just to learn about voice technologies and how we can you know embrace that and it's it's all the early days though it's kind of you know the the, the wild, mm-hmm. wild West so to speak of voice right now. It's interesting
0: how Apple had Siri years and years ago. But voice wasn't this big thing. But then all of a sudden, Amazon and Google are starting to deliver hardware that Mm -hmm. is only for voice. And so maybe the hardware
1: is what changes people's minds about it. Yeah. And he's like,
0: wow, this is big.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the smart speaker came out in like 2014 with the Amazon Echo. Yeah, And it did really take off because people could just stand there in the kitchen and talk to it. And it would give them information, What even is it's just the weather. But they, they use that a lot. Yeah. And then they connected to all these IoT devices, which is home automation, smart home, and all these things. 28,000 now, now. To yeah. Alexa. So it's really taken off in the last four or five years, three, four years. And think about where it'll be five plus years mm-hmm. because you have this ecosystem system of, like you said, the hardware, that Amazon can kind of sell at cost because they're so big and they're so powerful to just get the devices in people's homes Mm -hmm. and then the headphones that we talked about and then their car, they go all in on the car. Mm -hmm. Because there's so many people that are driving to work in their commute time and they're listening to radio, of course, or they're listening to their their music, but why not talk to Alexa or Mm -hmm. talk to Google Assistant
0: right in your car? That's one of the biggest sales points for my sister sells Hyundais. Yeah, she is teaching people Every single day, how to use the voice assistant, Air, mm-hmm. uh, Apple AirPlay. Very so cool. it's incredible. Yeah. Um, so you are going to be on a board talking about Alexa and smart home at right. the Alexa conference. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, how quick, do you the, a- the Alexa conference
2: is going to be January yeah. 15th to 17th yes. in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a big community collaboration of the voice community. Mm-hmm. Going to have lots of events over three days. People coming down from Banner Media, from mm-hmm. the Amazon Alexa Fund. Columbus, Ohio. The Boys Community Board. Absolutely. So I'm sorry. No, you're good. Okay.
0: So there's four different categories. The one that you're, there's of the, there's four different categories that Alexa Conference has, Mm -hmm. you know, categorized the talks. Right. You are in How Alexa Makes Smart Homes Smarter with Abad, Ahmed, and Patrick Kelly. So how do you come into this and, prepare for the, do you have things that you wanna say or are you just gonna wait for Bradley to ask you questions and then respond accordingly Mm -hmm. and just, kind of just riff like we're kind of riffing yeah around.
1: well we do have a pre-call that we'll go through and we haven't done that yet so I'm not sure of the exact format okay. but all three speakers and Bradley are gonna do a conference call actually I think it's tomorrow or the next day okay that we'll talk and prep for and we'll kind of have the questions kind of ready to go so we'll all be pretty much prepared but at the time obviously it's gonna be pretty much off the cuff but mm-hmm. we'll at least have be prepared of what the questions are and what the topics are mm-hmm. um, I'm very big in the smart home not in business sense like voice metrics but I'm into smart home because my home is thoroughly outfitted with so many smart home capabilities very large house and I've been into smart home or home automation they used to call it back in the day since like the late 80s early 90s Um, and then when voice came along it was like holy cow now I can just Talk and tell it to turn lights on yeah. and open my garage doors and do my shades. It's phenomenal. We should do it. We should
0: do a voice first MTV Cribs. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, like voice first for voice sure. Cribs or something. Yeah. That
2: would be sweet for Christmas. My mom had me come down to her house and she's like, "Hey, I want to surprise Dad by getting him some smart lights and start doing right. smart stuff." So we got like one rooms worth of smart lights. We did some smart switches and some smart lights. We got the. The, the nest doorbell. So now you just say, okay, right. Google, show I've me who's at the ring, door. but yeah, same and thing. Then, yeah, so can, if you don't mind, can you talk yeah. a little bit about what your home setup is? Like sure. how you've got the devices integrated?
1: Yep, so I first started out with just lights. I, put, I replaced all the light switches where you just go up and down with dimmers that you can basically program to turn on and off at certain times. You can use a remote control, and then we have a lot of, um, you know, detection, you know, body detection, where if I walk into a room, motion detection, it knows I'm in there and it'll turn the lights on. So in the middle of the night, when I go in the bathroom, it turns it on at at low level. And then when I leave, I don't have to turn it off. It turns off by itself over time. So that was kind of my first broad brush is let's get every light in the whole house switched over to a smart switch or a smart light. Um, So that was the first, and then we started adding things from there, like shades can go up and down, our garage doors we can open and close, Um, we have cameras all over the house, the locks and so forth, Um, so that's been kind of over time being put together, and then like I said, two, three years ago, Amazon Echo comes out, and I put one in my kitchen, and oh, you can connect it up to all your lights, just give them a name, so I can say, turn on the kitchen lights, Yeah. or set the kitchen lights to 50%, because I don't want it really blaring, you know, um, and then you can set up all these routines to turn on at certain times and so forth. Yeah. So, um, so I have it's, a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> it's getting it in the door, and then
0: you can work with it. And mm-hmm. as time goes on, you'll you know you don't want to do it all at once, but. Over time, you'll get the hang of it. You'll add it, and that's really cool. Right, yeah, yeah.
1: and no one really, unless they're buying a new home and they get with a builder and we say, we want to just smart home enable everything, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. most people do it that way. They add this and Mm -hmm. add that as they have the budget to switch out light Mm -hmm. switches and put hubs in and all that kind of thing. Now, I do have a company that helps me out with a lot of this, but um, it's been really fun, and my wife enjoys it too. I mean, she can just say, Alexa, good night, and it turns off all the lights that are all on all over the house and sets it up, and she's like, okay. She loves it, it's and incredible. that's only one command. There's Imagine the commands.
0: time that you save. That was
2: what my dad yeah. was freaking out about. Is he's he does a lot of sleeping on the couch, so uh, he likes that now he can lay there and he can say, "Hey, he has the TV on." He's like, "Alexa, good night," and then it just turns off everything. Right, and then he set it up so that when he walks in the morning, when my mom is usually the first one downstairs, and she says, "Hey, Google, good morning," it'll turn on the kitchen, but it'll leave the living room where he's sleeping. It'll leave him off. So it for good night, it turns everything off. Yep. Yeah good morning, it turns on some of them. And then he right. set it up so that she likes to listen to a local radio station in Cincy, Q102. Okay. So he set it up so that like you, you make it so that it turns on all the lights, and then it immediately plays Q102 for her. And Perfect. W- when he brought her up from her office, and he was like, hey, tell her good morning, and it did that, she, you just saw her eyes like brighten, and it was yeah. it just makes the morning better, because every mm-hmm. morning, right. the technology just sets it up to create the context for you. Like mm-hmm. For me, I really like that I say good morning, it turns on the lights in my bedroom. Like, I can't flip back over and go to sleep. <laughs> That's great. Do you have... Yeah. In the bedroom, do you have anything that, like, helps you to get out of bed in the morning using these morning routines?
1: Yeah, well, I, I sleep, and my, my wife is still sleeping, so I can't really, like, blare something. So, I set it slow, and then I kind of shut it off because she's still sleeping. So, we have that going on. But one thing that was interesting is when I got the Amazon Echo for Christmas, I got it, like, two thousand. Fourteen, I think mm-hmm. it was. That was the same year that these hoverboards were really big. And yeah, the, remember the hoverboards? With, with the wheels? wheels? Yeah, with the wheels. In there. <laughs> yeah. So my son, he was like fourteen. He got a hoverboard. The same Christmas. The big wheel, the one center wheel. Yeah, well you just walk. Yeah. You know, you just hover around. Is he a Casey Neistat fan? He's a, he likes Casey Neistat, and so he mm-hmm. watches all his YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. But that Christmas. I'm like talking to this Amazon Echo, which is all new. telling him to turn lights on and off. And my son is like hovering all around the thing. I'm like, hey, we got the Jetsons going on. <laughs> yeah, like, seriously. You know, it was yeah. like the Jetsons Christmas because yeah. it's like the future. Yeah. And it is kind of neat to think about, like what you are just talking about with how you can just say good night or good morning. And all these things happen. You know, watching the Jetsons growing up, it's kind of getting there. I mean, you have robots now. Yeah. Um, You guys work with robots. Um, I haven't done a whole lot of robotics, but it's cool stuff, you know, and it's kind of neat. To see this stuff come to fruition mm-hmm. and have it be real, and it's not just a niche thing where some hobbyists are doing it for themselves. The, the Amazons of the world, and the Googles of the world, are going all in on all of this stuff. It's cheap, you know. Too. You have voice, but you also have home automation and automation mm-hmm. and smart home. So it's it's good. It's good to see it all, you know, take off.
0: If anyone can talk about it, it's you for sure. <laughs> well, thank you. And yeah.
1: I've been living it, so yeah. it'll be fun to go down to Chattanooga mm-hmm. and talk smart home, but then also. Talk anything, voice. Everything is voice down there. It's the Alexa conference. Yeah. So so, is this
2: going to be your first uh, time going to a voice-related conference, or have you? Yes. Besides your own meetup. There was
1: one in New Jersey that they did over the summer, which was pretty big, a voice conference, and and we didn't attend that. We were working Uh on some stuff. We probably should have gone. And then when this one came about, we were like, we got to go to this one. And then they have like four more this year. Mm -hmm. um, Score Publishing, this is the Alexa guys. And so they're putting on four more. We're going to all of them. Awesome. Um, So that'll be great. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and the Alexa meetup is, it's small. This is something where people come from all, not just all over the country, Mm -hmm. all over the world, they come to the the Alexa conference and these voice conferences, whereas our meetup is really just the local developers of Alexa. The Can we guy, talk about that more though? Yeah, the guy
0: mm-hmm. that does the, literally sitting in Amazon offices, doing the Alexa developer Twitch streams, he'll be there and he's speaking. And oh, so wow, it's just gonna, gonna, be, gonna, it's great. gonna be
2: sweet. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Go ahead. So for for the Alexa meetup, why first why did you create that? And when when did you start Well, it's
1: that? actually interesting because another guy created it, this guy Brian Chuck. Created it way back in 2014, and he called it the Amazon Echo Meetup because the Amazon Echo came out, mm-hmm. and it just happened that you said Alexa to get her, get to talk. Yeah, it was more about the Echo mm-hmm. in the in the early days. It's interesting, because, It's the hardware. Yeah, yeah because it's the hardware the changes the and mind. Then all I think. of a sudden, Amazon—not all of a sudden, but over time—Amazon said, "Well, let's just make Alexa everywhere." So we changed it from the Amazon Echo Meetup to the Alexa Meetup. Um, and that, and then he moved to Cleveland like right after like three or four meetups. Mm-hmm. He and I kind of did it together, and yeah. I'm like, well, I'm going to take this thing over, you know, because he's moving. Yeah. Um, so he gave me the meetup uh, login access, and I set it up, and then I got access to Otterbein University's Point. It's a maker space. Okay? It's awesome. It's such a yeah. beautiful space. So if anybody has ever been over there the Otterbein Point, check that out, though, if yeah. you haven't. That's um, one thing that Ohio State University does not have.
0: Uh, is a makerspace.
1: Yeah, so they'll get that at some point, but uh, it's beautiful location to have our meetups, and uh, so I just kind of kept it going, and um, it's mostly for developers because that's what we attract is the people that are de- developing or building voice apps, but I'm open to other areas of voice. Um, mm-hmm. But it started out as Alexa. Now you've got Google in there, and sometimes I think we should call it the voice meetup instead yeah. of Alexa. But you know, we'll see about that.
2: Mm-hmm. Cause there, no. I don't think I've seen any sort of Google Assistant focused meetups in the Columbus. No, I haven't done any major searching. The only voice meetup that's on my calendar is every first first Thursday of every month. I just right. know that I gotta go yeah. to the point, and I gotta sit there, yep. interact with that community. Cause mm-hmm. you, uh, you say developers, I feel like when I explain it to a lot of people, I usually say it's a lot of business people who want to learn more yeah, about that's it. that's true too. And there's also developers. And there's a, I feel like there's an amazing mix of people who have no knowledge and they're just trying to. They want to learn. They yeah. want to learn. Yeah. And then there's the experienced people mm-hmm. that have been building. Like when, when you invited Voice First to participate, it was like, I had no idea about that other company. Yeah. That What were they building? Alexa in the car. Yeah. And they were talking about how we had to put that project off because Amazon went and created the hardware around right, that. Right, right. Do you think that happens a lot for companies like in the hardware space with that big release where they're like, hey, we built a microwave, Alexa for auto, a clock? Yeah, unfortunately, it things. does.
1: There was a, a robotics company called Jibo, and they made a robot. I think it was Jibo or Jibo. And they basically spent millions of dollars, and they had like 70 employees, and they just couldn't really compete with what Amazon had created with Alexa and then their devices and everything. And they had to shut it down, you know, it's because just, it's tough. I mean. My
0: question is, you know, what can we do that Google and Amazon and Apple won't do? Like, right. what can we do that they won't just say, that's a good idea, $100 million. Yeah, I don't they think they there's
1: any, anything that you can you know, rely on 100% that they'll never do. Yeah. But my thing is at least focus on software versus hardware. Because Mm -hmm. hardware, at any time, they could just throw some money at it and create the same hardware. Where software, you have a lot of flexibility to build something and get an audience and get users that they wouldn't spend all that time building it. They'll just acquire you or they're just basically saying, well, let's work with them. Um, Mm -hmm. Not to say they couldn't rebuild it and do it themselves, but my focus is... Stay away from the hardware, cause that you know it's it, number one. It costs a lot of money to build a hardware company, mm-hmm. cause there's so many costs involved with you know manufacturing, manufacturing over China capital. or however you're doing it. Where capital. software, it's all code. I mean, you guys do a lot of software yeah. development. You know how it works. Yeah. So you, I think if you focus on software and a unique application, and yeah, yeah, they might come on and, and, and copy it, mm-hmm. but I think you're going to be you know less um, susceptible to that.
0: So VoiceMetrics has, the main product is VoiceMetrics. This mm-hmm. is your product. What is the second product that you guys have developed and are going to reveal at the Alexa conference? Okay, the next one
1: we're working on right now is called SurveyLine. So there's so many companies out there, it's practically every company that wants to do surveys or get feedback or do a poll or find out information from an audience or for their customers or users. And there's, so there's there's surveys all over the world, and SurveyMonkey and all these different surveys. So, why not take that and bring it to the voice world? Why not say, okay, we can do surveys by voice because they've already been done with the telephone. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, you've already been doing it by voice anyway with the telephone. That. Okay, so the, we, we, people use, they do surveys by voice by using the phone. And they've also done tons of surveys by obviously clipboards and key, you know, and then they've done them on the computer for years with mm-hmm. SurveyMonkey and all these. Mm-hmm. Why not bring them to the voice assistants? Alexa, Google Assistant, and say, okay, let's have a product that any company can build a survey without any coding, mm-hmm. and you just go in there, just like SurveyMonkey, you go in there and you create your questions, and then you say publish, or you know, post, mm-hmm. create, promote, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, now I can, I can have anybody fill out my survey using Alexa mm-hmm. or using Google Assistant. So that's the product called Survey Line and we're announcing it in Chattanooga at the conference and allowing anybody to create a survey for free, mm-hmm. or multiple surveys, and then announce to their audience, hey, take our survey using Alexa. Yeah, and then also the conference itself People can review it with the right. survey. Well, manager. they can review it, but the conference itself is actually getting their feedback of the attendees using SurveyLine. Yeah, 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 exactly. So you were yeah.
2: able to set up a partnership between the event, the Voice First conference, mm-hmm. powered by Voice First FM, and Sur- SurveyLine. And line. SurveyLine. Mm-hmm. Right. How, how were you able to collaborate with them to be able to get that partnership where you're actually using your product? in? Partnership with the Yeah, ad. well,
1: well, obviously we have a booth that allows us to basically promote our product and, and release it and announce it and all that. And that's your tr- traditional marketing efforts. And then as far as them using the SurveyLine product, it was just a conversation with the organizers of the producers of the conference, Bradley Metrock. And he basically, oh, we'd love to use that because, you know, they're a voice. That's what they do. They get voice. it they and they, want they're to, excited basically. about it. It's fun. Yeah, so what they were doing that before is they had some form or they'd say, email us your your feedback and, and that sort of thing. And it's like, well, it makes total sense. It's like, why not allow people to just give us their feedback using Alexa because we're the Alexa conference. So it actually wasn't that hard to get them to say, yeah, we'll do that. And we're not really charging them. It's kind of just like, hey, let's give this a shot. Let's get it out there. Um, and it's only like, let's say there's 1,000 attendees. Well, maybe you'd have 800 or 900 of them actually fill out the survey with the survey line skill, which is no big deal. You just say, Alexa, mm-hmm. open survey line, and it walks you through the survey. I mm-hmm. think launching those at
0: Startup Weekend, like if you go to or Startup Weekend Columbus, it's yeah. going to be here in early April. Right. Maybe you could partner with them or something. That Startup Weekend, all you do is like try to get, cust- one of the biggest things is get customer feedback. Yeah, absolutely. And so that would be huge. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's so many companies that do feedbacks Mm -hmm. and survey forms and all that. So we're going to just get this out there and say, just try it. Yes, you're still going to have web survey. Kind of like we were talking about earlier where you were saying, well, is it going to replace mobile or web? No, it's not going to replace it, but it just gives you another avenue to get feedback, and you have no friction. You don't have to type anything, blah, blah, blah. You just talk to it, and you just give it your feedback by voice. So Mm -hmm. it's just another avenue. So it's called SurveyLine, Surveys by Voice. And you can actually go out to our website and create a survey online. It's surveysbyvoice.com
2: today. Anybody well, that's right watching now, this.
1: we're going to release it on the 15th. So mm-hmm. right now, Surveys by Voice will give you our landing page, and it, you, you can put your email address in there, and we'll, you'll be notified when it launches. Now, you don't really need to be notified if you remember. January 15th at the at the Alexa conference, we're going to announce it there and release it. Survey by uh, but voice. You can, surveysbyvoice.com, you can do it right now just to at least get signed up. But on the 15th, that site will be live and you can go in there and create your own survey and it'll be live on on Alexa. So
2: we've started going around more, RJ's done a good job of hacking social media to get us going to more of the startup meeting spaces here in Columbus. Yeah, And I think for the past two events that we've gone to, when we talk about that we're doing voice, Someone at the table will say, "Do you know Stuart Crane?" Yeah. This time, time was Manny Larcher. Yeah. Oh, Manny, sure, I know yeah. Manny. So, yeah. so Manny's pipes up right. and he says, "You know yeah. Stuart?" I'm like, yeah. "Yeah, we know Stuart." Yeah. So yeah. you were someone who's very involved in the Columbus area. Mm-hmm. You've networked, and everyone knows you as the voice guy here in Columbus. Yeah. You say when you talk to the Alexa conference, they were just kind of sold. They they understand that surveys by voice just makes sense. But you've also been talking with people in Smart City Columbus. You've been selling your products like sales line, other products you're talking and networking with a lot of the companies here in Columbus right when you're trying to sell to them and you're bringing up these conversations do a lot of people just get it like Bradley Metlock did or for a lot of the businesses who voice isn't their main thing mm-hmm. is it harder to get them to jump on the train and oh, yeah. just get it's on the harder. glasses There's that no you got no
1: question i mean it's harder and they've got to get you know have a business um, Um, ROI for it at some point, you know, return on investment of that. And it's not when I say return on investment, it's not so much money like they've got to buy that. It's the time they spend, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, If it's doing some integration with our software to to build that, they have to spend time doing that. If it's just setting up a dashboard, it's still time that they have to say, well, let me figure this out. What would they want to know by voice? And how would it work? And who's going to get it? Is it the sales manager? So yeah, it's not a no-brainer where it's like, oh, I get it, and they go in there, you know, you it takes time and they have to see it work in action and then kind of think, well how can that apply to me? Mm-hmm. What information do I want by voice? So, um, it's not a slam dunk by any means, but people think it's sexy, they love it and they're like, "Oh, this is so cool." And their their minds start kind of churning, "Well, what could we do with this?" Mm-hmm. And so, that's one of our biggest selling points for the software companies that we work with. The software companies want to be on the cutting edge. They want to say to their users, "Well, look what we have. You can, yeah, we have a web app. Yeah, we have a but did you know, now you can get your stuff in a voice interface, mm-hmm. with Google Assistant or with Alexa. So we're really getting companies that want to be on the cutting edge. They want to be innovative. They want to say, yeah, we support Alexa, yeah, we are on Siri, yeah, yeah we're on uh, Google Assistant. So that's really where it's coming in, but it takes, it takes time to kind of connect all the dots and make it actually work and say, this is a good use case. Because use case is the whole thing. What is the use case of voice? For this business
2: situation, I feel like the use case is getting easier every single year. I agree. Like you, in 2016, the number of people that were using voice devices it was still the on the innovators curve. It was still in the innovators part. Just the people right. who are willing to deal with the bugs. But today, over 50% of any American has access to a voice speaker in some way or another. Right. Have you seen like the 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 types of questions that you have to answer change like? When you first started, did you have to explain what the voice speaker even yeah. was? Yeah, yeah, that, now, that's a good point. Like, In the
1: beginning, it's like, well, how do I set this up, and what's an Alexa app? You know, just, well, Alexa app was the high, number one downloaded app for at, right after Christmas. So mm-hmm. more people are getting used to okay, I have an Amazon Echo, and I basically install the app, or Google Assistant. You just say, "Hey Google," and it talks. And to now, you. and now, Amazon's on the phone. It's Siri, Google
0: Assistant and Alexa all on my phone right now. Right. So that's why they really pushed. I was like, why do I need a smartphone to set up my Alexa device? Yeah, I mean, part of it
1: is the Wi-Fi, and then you can kind of set up things like voice briefings or... or And more people have
0: these than... Laptops
1: right right and um, a lot of it's the Wi-Fi to get your Wi-Fi your your echo on your Wi-Fi You can't just use the echo only unless you use an echo show which has Mm -hmm. a screen Then you can tap the screen and all that Mm -hmm. but the echo speaker Which is just a speaker only no screen you have to use the phone yeah um, Because they don't want to put that all this hardware
0: onto the voice—it's this is what they're selling. Right. Is voice. Right. Now in- they
1: have done that on the show. The Echo Show is a really a neat. Yeah, 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 and, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Initially, that's something that's what I'm I saying. see a lot of potential with these shows over time. It's not going to be you know next by the end of this year everybody's going to have them. But I see four, five, six years everyone is going to have some sort of device in their kitchen in their home that they can talk to. It might be the Google Home Hub. It might be the Echo Show. It could be a Fire TV mm-hmm. that's a TV and they're talking to it with a cube or whatever and so everyone will be able to talk to their voice assistants but it will also have a screen um, so I think that's gonna be big in time um, so there, that's kind of so the Apple and I wouldn't say it's gonna go away but people will just set them up um, right on their touch screens
2: when we Amazon's always doing those incentive programs like hey publish an app get a t-shirt hey publish an app for, for October it was publish an app, get an Echo Show. Mm-hmm. It was like, uh-huh, okay, let's do that. Yeah. And then when it came in and we were setting it up, I was ready. I had my Amazon Alexa app open, and then it, I didn't have to use it. Right. I could type in the Wi-Fi, and there, there. It was like, whoa, yeah. that's awesome. Because yeah. even on the Google Home Hub, which is a screen, the screen voice first device for Google, you still have to use the Home app. You still have to use the Home yeah, app. Google Home I'm app. Like mm-hmm. what? Yeah. Like Google, some of this, I, I'm kind of on a tinge, but I feel like they, Google is missing a lot of the stuff with the setup. Like yeah. Google, especially here on campus, campus, they have Wi-Fi all across campus, but in order to sign on to it, it opens up a little pop-up on your screen where you type in your school email and password. Mm-hmm. Amazon lets that happen where you can have a pop-up screen, like if you're at a Starbucks and it, there's a pop-up screen, you can still sign in. If there's a Wi-Fi like OSU, you can't access it on any Google devices. Google does not allow you to connect your device mm-hmm. to any sort of Wi-Fi that has a pop-up. Yeah. So college students across the nation who have they this kind of life they can't use it yeah like us we're trying to build new companies yeah. we can access and use the Amazon Alexa devices we can't access and yeah, use Yeah you wonder if that'll be prices. resolved
1: here if they get a lot of people saying this guys you're yeah. missing out on this opportunity just because of a pop up mm-hmm. with uh you know university networks
0: yeah. well we hmm. we adopt this we are so sold on voice you literally your entire house can be controlled with your voice That's correct so we're very sold on this but Hardware sales are up. 50% of people have access or whatever. And there's 28,000 devices that work with Alexa. But I think that people are buying these because they're good presence. Mm-hmm. They don't buy them because mm-hmm. they are sold on the voice mission. They're like, yeah. literally, we are voice everything. This is yeah. the new, welcome to the new world. But like, that's what every technology. It starts saying, out with those early oh, adopters. Yeah. Yes, and I'm saying yeah. we are the we are on the cutting edge of voice. We see it. You interact with it every day. We interact and build it every day. Mm-hmm. There are. I bet you there's barely anyone that tried to connect their Google Home to Ohio State Wi-Fi. So my question is, who? How do you find people that are like on your level in voice? Mm-hmm. Who are they? And then, how do you find more?
1: yeah no it's a a good question and there's lots of different ways i mean obviously with social media now and getting online and communities and everything you meet people that way there's a lot of slack boards Um, but really we're just marketing to companies that want to be innovative i talked to you know earlier about being innovative these software companies what is the next thing in software because you have software you have screens well voice is the next thing so Mm -hmm. we're really just reaching out to software companies to say we can voice enable your software, we can voice enable your app using our technology, that's mm-hmm. our core uh, business is, is voice metrics, is is voice enabling SaaS companies. Now the survey line really just came about last couple months, we brainstormed about another app that we could build for businesses and surveys just keep coming over and over and it's like, we can voice enable surveys and make it available to anyone. Um so that's kind of a side business that we've got going on. So, you know, to answer your question is really just find people that are that are looking to be innovative with voice and they'll be out there. We'll find them, you know. Are you gonna have a whole do you see after survey line
0: more products that are helping software companies or any company be more tech enabled and just you're gonna have a whole suite of things that helps people be more efficient with voice.
1: Yeah, I mean, we already kind of have a suite of a lot of them right now. Yes, yes, yes. But obviously only, like, if you use Salesforce, you don't use QuickBooks. And if you use QuickBooks, you might not use, you know, some other applications. So Mm -hmm. we are targeting the software companies that want to, basically voice enable their software for their users. So let me give you an example. Uh, Dentrix is the largest uh, dentist software in the world. Mm -hmm. And there's literally hundreds of thousands of dentist offices that use the Dentrix software. Mm -hmm. And they have a web access, you know, to log in and do all this stuff. And they have some dashboards that tells you what went on or whatever. Well, you voice enable that, and now you have hundreds of thousands of dentists overnight that can now find out what's going on in the office today. How many appointments do we have? How much revenue do we generate? How many prescriptions do we have to fill? And when they're in someone's mouth,
0: they can just be saying, if okay, they want on this, that, it, compact, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they like, can talk what, to it. Right? You know what I'm saying? They're working on someone's mouth and they're just talking to it. And right. that's, they don't have And those to are the use cases that time.
1: have to kind of come about from the dentist mm-hmm. software that says, wow, now I see what your pro- your technology can do. Let's make something where I, the dentist is actually working with his hands, you know, and he wants to talk to it and ask a question. I was more just, let's start out with the metrics. Oh, yeah. Let's start oh, out with yes. the KPIs. Let's start out with how's business going on. Yep. And, but we absolutely... Can do what you're talking about, mm-hmm. but what I'm getting at is that the dentists themselves, I'm not gonna go to every dentist separately and say, Hey, do you wanna know yeah. how voice can help you? I go to Dentrix, which has a hundred thousand dentists across the world yep. that basically use their software and say, Let's build this thing and let's market it, you know, to all of your dentists as a new feature that you yeah, you have a web app, so yeah, you, you guys, have a mobile app, but now you have Alexa and Siri yes. and Google Assistant. So that's like Software as a service is you are
0: providing a service to Dentrix. Right. Dentrix now says we does it say that we are empowered by voice metrics? Do you get branding, they or can, do you just they, they just use it? We don't it? care. They can say yeah.
1: powered by. You've heard powered by blah. Yeah. You can say powered by Voice Metrics if you're the Dentrix, or we don't really care. We basically just want to voice enable the software. That's more of a marketing and a promotion thing, and you know we'll work that out however they want. How to many
0: different that. Dentrix do you guys? Different Dentrix type software companies do you sell to? And then how many people do you think that you are are using your product on a weekly basis?
1: Well, right now, it's really just in the in the teens because it's not a ton of them. We've just yeah. gotten started literally last year. Um, I mean, that's but, insane that you have teens, though, of yeah. Dentrix-type companies. Yeah, that they're out there and they're basically kicking the tires. We're working with Benihana. They're basically kicking the tires and trying to get, well, because, you know, in restaurant you have so much KPIs and so much information mm-hmm. on turnover and, and, and all kinds of data about your store. Um, or your restaurant so that's there but there's so many use cases so they're coming to us saying hey well let's try it for this and so it just evolves in each application um, to see well what can we voice enable
2: your Mm -hmm. model seems much smarter than how we've approached dry cleaning you went and said okay Dentrix already has the partnerships with all of those businesses right you partnered with that guy and just like you said it enables it on everybody overnight we partnered with a single dry cleaner, and now we're selling individual dry cleaners. Yeah, I
1: would find the dry cleaning software company that that services all the, and I actually, I think it's they're the in POS Canada, system. but it's I know. POS. POS, okay. So, so, we, yeah, we, we're probably two of them. Usually there's two or three big boys in every industry and then there's the one that's the biggest and if you get the top two or three and just get them to say oh yeah we want a voice because you know the dry cleaner owner let's say the owner of the dry cleaner he wants to get up in the morning while he's cooking breakfast say well how much business do we do yesterday and mm-hmm. how many you know of this garment do I or whatever it happens to be now that's metrics you mm-hmm. guys your, your service might work more for the end User of the uh, dry cleaning establishment, rather than the business owner. My system works more for the business. Themselves. We should be telling it them
0: about Voice Metrics. Every time we tell, we connect with them, we should tell the dry cleaners about Voice Metrics. I'm yeah, sure and I think what helpful. I would do
1: is is this POS or whatever companies we identify. Let's go directly to them, like you just said, and let's say this is what your software can do if you voice enable it mm-hmm. for your business. Now, for the end users. You know, maybe it's something that you guys have for for the users of, or you know, the consumers of the dry cleaning service.
2: Mm-hmm. And the same thing happened, like what you were saying. As soon as they see the product, they have so many more ideas about yeah. what's next. Like the dry right. cleaner, they just wanted it to enable their pickup and delivery. Like mm-hmm. they're already doing pickup and delivery. Why can't a customer just say, "Pick up my Alexa, have my dry cleaner pick up my laundry"? Great, that's a great MVP. Put it out. As soon as we do, they're like. Well, all these dry cleaning companies have these massive stack books of special things that they have to do to a Louis Vuitton jacket or to a Bear Bradley shoes, something like right. that. What if they, in the dry cleaner, they could just ask for that information and then Alexa just says yeah. it. Eliminate that entire stack of papers, save resources, save
1: time. If it makes sense to do it by voice, it makes sense to try to make it happen, and at some point you're going to know whether, well, it's probably best just to use the computer, or in this case, this is great by voice, let's keep doing it by voice.
2: And they don't realize that it's possible until they see the first thing. Like, Google doesn't realize that they need to let university Wi-Fi's work until they get the complaint, or we we didn't even realize it. We need to get like, towards there before we can set the goals, but it's all software. Mm-hmm. Like the problems that we're experiencing with the platforms, a lot of people will tell me they're like, these platforms suck. Alexa doesn't answer me when I, when I ask her a question. She says, sorry, I don't know. That's software. It's going to get smarter. Yeah, like, yeah.
1: Yes, this is. A- I said, we're in the wild, wild west, we're in the early days, nothing is going to be perfect every time. Even survey line, we were testing it this week because we're rolling it out literally on Tuesday, you know. And there's things that are like quirky where you ask it for the survey and it didn't hear you, oh we got to tweak that. And it's software like you said. So. It, it, you know, it back in the old days with 286s and 386 the old PCs, you would have errors that are like, what are these weird errors? So it's no different. You know, we're just in voice now rather than in, you know, desktop PCs running DOS, you know? So... When we talked to... We just talked to
0: Andy Rayburn. He is uh, CEO of uh, Buckeye Relief. Okay. It's a cannabis uh, growing company in East Lake, Ohio. Um, and he was saying, as a CEO, you just need to plow ahead and... You, if there's a problem, you will find. If you keep plowing, most of the time there is a solution. You know, mm-hmm. you just need to keep working at it. Right. And so you in the software companies, getting errors, you don't know. Just keep plowing ahead, figuring it out. Right. Um, that was one of his guiding principles. You also said that I learned. So, Pat asked me what I learned this summer. I worked mm-hmm. at a different company, a startup. Yeah, correct. And one of it was, what is what do I spend my time on that will like provide the most value? And so that was that mindset really was was life changing. Agree. So what principles as a CEO of your 20 years with CPR Plus mm-hmm. and TV then talk. TV Talk TV, right? and every other thing you've done in Now Voice Metrics, what are the principles that really have kind of uh, filtered out that are the most valuable to you. Yeah,
1: what's interesting is it's very similar to what you just said. It's really having your 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 employees, your your people that work for you get results. And that's what you were saying. It's like if your people come in and they're getting results and they're getting things done for the customer For their boss, but really the end customer is the customer that's using the product or service that the company has. So in the case of CPR Plus, our customers were all pharmacies. Mm -hmm. We're all home care companies, medical companies. So if our employees are coming in and they're getting results for our customers, our company is going to succeed because our customer is going to be like, oh, this is great. And that's kind of what happened over 20 years. Our product kept getting better and better and better. And our customers were like, we can't live without this thing. So when you have a product that customers like, we can't live without, and they keep paying you, you know, every month or every quarter, or every year for you know their service and for the software, then you have a successful mm-hmm. you know business that you can kind of grow and get more customers. And just asking them what they need and and exactly fulfilling those needs, right? And fulfilling those needs, and then as you find those, what's interesting, you know, and when you have a business, you see other business or other companies that do the same thing as your customers, and you can sell more and you can sell more and you can sell more. So obviously there's a finite amount of customers or companies that are out there, but a lot of markets are very big. So if you find a niche that you're solving a problem for these companies, there's gonna be more and more and more and then you can keep building that software. As long as you have profit built in where your basically your expenses the amount it takes you to spend money to create your product and to deliver it is less than the amount that you charge then the sky's the limit, really. And that's how these companies, you know, get very successful is they have that profit margin built in and then they just expand and take care
0: of their customers. I think there's two ways to increase the profit in a company. Talk to your customer, build what they want, and also have a vision of maybe what is coming 10 or 15 years down the road. Things like maybe you've taken big pivots along the way Mm -hmm. for yourself, Voice metrics was a pivot, you know, you saw voice, that was obvious, you were you were compelled, you saw it coming. Where do you go to get that type of information where it's like high level stuff kind of, how do you move your true north? So mm-hmm. your true north is voice, it's voice metrics and stuff, and you can talk to your customers to make your product better and things like that, but how do you keep that, how do you keep knowing your vision is right and changing your vision to increase profitability, increase revenue, uh, or build, you know, better Yeah, tech. I don't
1: think you can really change too quickly and too yeah. much yeah, yeah. too quickly because mm-hmm. you have this true north, which is a good point. Mm-hmm. And you say, this is kind of where we want to go, but the day-to-day really has to it's be what thing. I was saying earlier. It's like, yeah, we well, got to take care of the customer. You got to give them something that's valuable and it's got to basically, you know, the rubber needs to meet the road. It mm-hmm. needs to work. And our big thing, like I was saying earlier about innovation, is these software companies want to be innovative. You know, but they know that voice is still kind of early and new so if they can find a few voice or use cases like with the dentist office where they just give me some key things then you have a business there that you can just kind of start with and you have you know you know 10 15 companies that are using it and making it work and then the true north the big vision is like it's gonna take years to get there you can't expect to get there overnight mm-hmm. but you know my, I'm thinking I know if like I was saying in the very beginning, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, Apple, which are the biggest companies in the world, they're certainly the biggest tech companies, are putting billions of dollars into this technology, into this industry, into Mm -hmm. these capabilities, then that's gonna just grow. The wave is gonna get bigger and it's gonna grow. If you can ride that wave, and you just, even if I only have, you know, 10 or 15 companies using it now, why couldn't I have 10 or, you know, 1,500 companies? Oh yeah,
2: speculative question for you. The big players, like you just said, Apple, Amazon, Google, are in this space. They have their assistants. Other assistants, it's like open source software. You can build your own with Amazon, AWS, Lex, and Polly. Do you think that we're going to see any new big players join the fight? Or do you think that the big dominant players are already there? I think the
1: bigger ones are done. I mean, it's like you have Bixby now coming out, which is Samsung. So you already have now like five. All right. So when you say when I say five, I mean you have Amazon, Google Assistant, Siri, and then you have Cortana, which is Microsoft, and now you've got Bixby. Well, Bixby's been on the already. phones. many already. But Bixby's kind of trash sometimes. It's just I I don't know. But they're um, putting a lot of money into it, and they're putting it on all of their you know TVs, and mm-hmm. then their their washers and dryers and all that, and if they're it's putting on their Samsung phones. Just like all the phones so, have a home button all the products will have a
0: voice assistant. Yeah. So you think yeah. players are so kind I, of established. So I, I can't
1: see anybody else wanting to create a voice assistant from scratch that doesn't work with Alexa or Google assistant or, assistant or something. I could see one day down the road, I don't know when, but somebody, and it could be Amazon or one of these big guys, creates the, the their device or their service and it works with all of them. That would be the key because I have two devices in my kitchen. I have a Google Home. And I have an Alexa or Echo Echo. You know, so I have to say, you know, hey Google and I get the Google stuff. And or I say Alexa and I get the Alexa stuff. Well wouldn't it be nice if I could just say Alexa and it comes from the same device, or I could say hey Google and it comes from the same device? That would be cool. Mm-hmm. So that's common, I think, you know. But I
2: think we saw the first move with that with the Microsoft and Amazon partnership. Did yeah. you do it so that you can say Cortana? Right. Hey Alexa. they are trying that.
1: Yeah. It, it, you can say hey Siri hey Google now. Yeah. There's yeah. the
2: friction when you gotta say Siri Hey Google. Like that's, yeah, that's an kinda added weird. Phrase, and that's the
1: whole, you know, wild, wild west thing again. It's like we're so early days to this. I'm not looking at like, oh, but next year it's all gotta be figured out. It's not gonna be. And it's not in my hands. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at it just that's why we have the meetup and we talk about CES and what's announced and we look at what the all the players are doing and we try to think where things are going, but no. Nobody knows for sure, mm-hmm. but what I do know, and I'm pretty confident in, is voice is going to be huge over time, and everybody's going to be talking to their device. Like you said, they already got. Yeah. that. I walked down Ohio State, and every single person, headphones. Every single person had their headphones in. Yep. Not one didn't. I asked somebody, "Is this Denny Hall?" And he had to like fiddle with his thing and <laughs> out of his
0: ear. But he was talking to me. Wait, what? Yeah.
1: yeah. Now, obviously, when you get into the class and you sit down, you take your earphones out, and it's not like they always. And look at them your in.
2: phone. But when yeah, you were in exactly. college, how how was that? Like, did what ooh, differences right? between
1: well, the I went college, to college in now the eighties, right? Yeah. You know, was so that, ooh, there, ooh, was ooh. No phones, there was no phones, there's no there were no computers other than like the VAX, you know, the deck, the digital equipment computer, <laughs> you know, the terminals and all that. But that's just technology, you know. That's just you know how things progress. How would you say you've
0: walked around Ohio State campus a lot the last maybe five years? And sure, yeah. Would you say that people are more just to themselves? Or I always feel like I am an outlier when I am like looking at people and making eye contact with them and smiling yeah, on yeah. the bus. I, I get I am like feel like I'm a crazy person when I do that because it's like so out of the blue. Yeah. So was it more like that in the '80s or?
1: Well, no, you're, you're right. I mean, but a lot of people would just look out the window and they wouldn't yeah. be social anyway. But yeah, now okay. they have a they have a device they can actually pay attention to and they can listen to books, they can listen to music, they can watch YouTube videos, they can do their homework, they can look at Instagram. There's so many things that they can be, have their attention to Mm -hmm. on a smartphone or on a device. And now with the headset, they can get all the sound as well as the screen. So, they're totally disconnected from talking to people on a bus or on, and, and walking down the you know, mm. quad or whatever. Yeah. Forget it. Do you
2: <laughs> think that younger generations are going to embrace voice more than the current and older generations? Well, they already are. The reason I ask is we were born in an age when internet, we already knew about it. It already existed. And By the time I was in high school, I had a cell phone. Right. So, like I was born in an age when I was interacting with that. Now kids are being born into an age where they watch their parents talk to Alexa and Google right. devices, maybe yeah. before they even know how to speak. Yeah, And like, yeah. How, how does that these change come, how right. people are, how is that gonna change yeah. how kids are gonna want to interact exactly. with Exactly, and knowledge.
1: that's kind of goes to my point, is we, we can see the, the fact that it is gonna be big. Maybe not next year, maybe the year it's, it's but do you think of it 10, 15, 20 years when these kids, like you said, when they're growing up and their parents are talking to Alexa or talking to voice sentences, that's gonna be totally natural to everybody in 10, 20 years for sure. Like so, people our
2: age might have concerns. Oh, but she's listening all the time, and Amazon's spying on me. Yeah. If you're if you're born in that house, wh- you would trust Alexa. Why would you ever care if she's listening? Yeah. She's heard every word that I've said since I was born. Well,
1: I can remember when uh, basically. The, you receive a voicemail, or you, you can put in a voicemail or a recorder, and that was a big deal. You would call a number, and instead of somebody picking up the phone, it would say, Hello, this is the Crane household, please leave a message. And people were freaked out about that. No way. Because they were like, Oh, I gotta leave a message and talk to a machine? That was a big deal in like the 70s people were like they were freaked out and then it got more natural it's like oh i just leave the message and then you know now people don't do voicemail much at all anymore because there's texting and there's all that thing stuff but in the 70s these things called answering machines came out and then the phone companies put in things called voicemail and that was very, it's kind of like we have now with oh alexa is listening to me in my house it's the same exact thing people were like freaked out about leaving a voice message on an answer machine or a voicemail so it, it, it'll be normal yeah it'll take time don't get me wrong it's not like every, overnight everybody's gonna be cool with it I think
0: people that have children now that are interacting with the devices my cousin has two kids one is about two one is about seven months he the older grew up talking to Alexa to make animal sounds he will be able to say the command to make the animal sounds and play with his brother via yeah. this device so this this device is so much fun and it brought him so much joy and he can access, literally access the internet as a two-year-old. And so also my cousin seeing that and using that and being a consumer in 30 to 40 range that has a lot of income like that, has the devices, you know, is adopting the technology. Those I think are the biggest advocators of voice that are just general consumers not building in the industry
1: right and, and you know what's interesting about that you have the young ones like we've been just talking about for the last five minutes or so but you also have the elderly are really getting into oh, voice yeah. because they're home and they're you know they're kind of not as mobile and everything and they kind of find a friend in Alexa or Google mm-hmm. Assistant so you see the elderly getting my into grandma asks as well. World War
0: Two facts she is like she is very smart. She's ninety-seven. Mm-hmm. She asks wow. what year certain buildings were built in Cleveland <laughs> and tool. who built them. Yeah. And so she is like basically quizzing Wikipedia to see if it's right. Right. She Buy can also voice. call any. I set her up with Google Voice and a in a Google. She has Alexa and a, a Google Home. Right. She can call any number that is on Google. If you type into Google a restaurant, a business, anything, and it has a number, she can call it. Mm-hmm. And she can also call any of her family members. So yeah. it's just incredibly liberating. Yeah.
2: You should yeah. we had this recording yesterday yeah. RJ showed me of his his grandma now calls everybody using the Google devices. So she she leaves RJ a voice message that's like, Hey, I just got off the phone with your mom and your dad and, uh, she, and she's talking to RJ for a little bit. But because she was leaving him a voicemail, he didn't hang up. So there's another minute yeah. and a half of the end after the end <laughs> of the call where it's just her sitting there. Google end. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it and okay. it's like and a Google go off. Like, it she
1: did it <laughs> for two minutes. You just stop the Oh my God, yes. Well, so what's interesting is we. I just talked about those five voice assistants. Well, I forgot there's another one. It's Facebook. They came out with this product called Portal. Yeah. I bought three of them for oh. Christmas. One for myself, one for my sister, and one for my mom. Ooh. So, my sister, who lives in New Jersey, is I live in Ohio, yes. and my mom lives in Maryland, we basically talk. On this, it's kind of like the Echo Show, mm. but now and since everybody's on Facebook, everybody in the world is on Facebook. Now my all of a sudden, you have this device in your house, or obviously you can do it on your phone, that you can talk to people everywhere, and kind of like it's like FaceTime, and that's been around. But you, for can, a activate while, and you can activate it with your voice. Activate it with yeah. your voice. I just say, "Hey, Portal, call Mom," and boom, it calls her. And then I say, "Add to the call, Charlotte." That's my sister's name. And then I say, "Add Ruth," and that's my niece. And all four of us are on the call, you know, in, it takes 15 seconds. Or so 30 you can schedule seconds. that like face once a week. Yeah, Every can, Sunday yeah. at 7. Right. Everyone
0: gets out. We, oh, right. Well, so that's not really not voice,
1: but in a way it is because yeah. Portal said, well, now that you've got all these Echo shows and these Google Home Hubs and these smart speakers, why don't we make Portal a voice activated screen? Right. So that's what they did. And um, for anybody's watching, however, look up the Facebook portal. And read about it because I predict that it will be pretty big. The hardware, yeah. yeah. What do you think
2: of it so far? Is it like Amazon where they have skills or is it more like Siri where it's a lot of just trying to build into the ecosystem they already have? It's
1: mainly just used for video calling. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, I mean, you can use Alexa with it. It'll recognize Alexa and do all the Alexa stuff. Really? Yeah, because it's Alexa built into it. You know how they do the AVS, the Alexa voice service. Uh-huh. So you can say to it, Alexa, turn on the lights. You can do all that. But then you say, hey, portal, and it'll call any of your Facebook friends, and their face will pop right up there if they answer either with their video or with another portal.
0: Facebook friends.
1: Any wow. Facebook friends. And everyone is on Facebook. Mm. So that's that's like what you were talking about. You don't need contact information. It's gonna be useless. All I need to know is your name. Call RJ. And if you're my friend, you'll just pop right up if you answer it with either your portal or your phone. And it can do audio only if you want to do audio. Mm -hmm. So it's like this backdoor thing into something big because Facebook is already massive. The hardware backdoor. You know, and the problem with Amazon Echo show to do phone calls and do video calls is nobody had an Echo account. Nobody mm-hmm. did, but everybody's got a Facebook account. Everybody. So anyway, I got that for my sister and my mom. Well, we're just talking, it's in my kitchen, and my wife is cooking in the background, and she's mm-hmm. joining the conversation. It's pretty cool. That so is like cool.
2: you were saying, they need to figure out how to put all this voice assistants on one device. Right. It's like Facebook is like, we have the chat service, but we don't have the assistant and they're, do you think that they're gonna keep doing that? Or do you think that they were like, oh, we need an assistant, let's get Alexa. And now they're just blinders
1: it's hard to predict what's going to happen because somebody could do something, and then in reaction to that, Google does this, and in reaction to that, Facebook does this, and the, the, that's what's kind of fun about you know following this industry, having these big boys in there. Which I left out Facebook out of all those. Now you've got Facebook coming into there. It's really neat to follow the space and see you know can we build something or have something that. Works on voice mm-hmm. because now, like we said, it's not just voice. You've got a screen, and you can you can call up TV shows now and YouTube videos just by voice mm-hmm. to do things by voice.
2: Did you see that YouTube with Amazon thing? How Google didn't want right. Amazon devices.
1: Right, they didn't. They, yeah, because they, they're not really friendly, you know, and all they're that. They're so, Yeah, so Amazon found a way around that by using a browser, like a Silk browser, to basically bring YouTube up on the Fire TVs and the Echo shows, and it works okay. That's pretty killer
2: for me, when because I, I sit there with my Google Home Hub on my desk beside me, so I, I like motivational videos, so I'll just be coding or working, and then I'll say, hey, Google, play Gary Vee videos, and then it'll just, I'll just, go. it'll start play, hey, play Casey yeah. Neistat nice, videos, and it'll just start playing that. But on Amazon, I have to, like, I can't say that. If no. I wanna do that, I've gotta, for me, open Safari, yeah. type into the browser, and then it's there. And yeah, it's it's a hack. It's a you feature,
1: know? sure. Yeah, and then that's that's the that's the early days of things and trying to figure out what do they do well. And, and like you said, I have a Google Home Hub in my kitchen, but I also have an Echo Show. And sometimes I'm talking to Google because she does a better job, or Google does a better job of giving facts and figures. And yeah. it's a Google search; it's real Google. Whereas Alexa's kind of it looks up Wikipedia or Bing or whatever, and it's okay, yeah. you know. So, um, and not everybody's going to have two like I do, but it would be nice if somebody built one and you could use either service, So just like a web browser. Mm-hmm. If you're on a web browser, you can go to google.com, and you can go to bing.com, and you can go to amazon.com with a web browser. Well, why not have a smart speaker that you can do, hey, Google, and I can do Alexa, and I can do Bixby, you know, so that'll come.
2: Maybe that's a hardware opportunity for someone, because Amazon is yeah. sold, they're like,
1: we have the they, want Alexa. Alexa they, they want to put Alexa on everything.
0: They want to put Alexa. Google wants to put Google on everything.
1: So somebody will come out one that handles both at some point. Yeah, I think
0: Siri won't because Apple's so closed. No, both they are open Apple but, won't do that. So I have two more questions and then we can wrap up. One is you are an extreme adopter of technology, and you're a CEO of a software company, and we'll add into that that you are in voice. So you are a person that we really want to extract as much info as possible and that we look up to so would you be able to take us through your day from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed your morning Mm -hmm. routine what you do at work who you talk to what decisions you make and then etc
1: yeah yeah so i mean it's it's nothing you know fancy basically i try to get up as early as i can now i have kids So that factors into the mix. How old are they? Uh, 15 and 17, so high schoolers, Mm -hmm. not quite to college. So they gotta get off to school and get their breakfast and get all that. So I try to get up before they do, to check my email and look at things and see what's going on for the day and everything and get get breakfast started and everything. So that's kind of early is just with the kids and all that. Mm -hmm. And then my wife goes to work. Uh, I work at home, actually, because I have all of this stuff set up in my home office. Mm-hmm. Um, so she goes to work. And then, literally, I get on Slack. And um, I don't guys are familiar with Slack. I mean, you use Slack some. And basically we work together as a remote team using Slack and then other online tools to That's build our That's Voice Metrics HQ. Yeah, Voice Metrics HQ. I mean, I work out of my home office and then Paul, my developer, Paul Cornwell, you know, he works okay. out of his home office. And so we kind of collaborate online and we're not on, you know, uh, Go to meeting or Slack 24/7, yeah. but we can jump on and, and throw ideas and say, okay, get back to it. And then, so I focus on the marketing and the outreach and, and and development and stuff from a testing standpoint and design, and he works on the hardcore coding and building the software. So we kind of complement each other that way. So you know, the day could be you know phone calls with companies to show them voice metrics. Um, it could be doing emails where I'm setting up things to shoot out emails. It could be writing articles about what we're doing. Um, it just depends on the day and what's going on. Um, and then I meet a lot of people for lunch within Columbus, like you said. I know a lot of people in Columbus, so I've almost always mm-hmm. get something at lunch. It's like, oh, I got to get downtown to yeah. Short North or go to Easton or whatever. So I'm running around a little bit. Um, and That's then nice though. The kids are off of school by three, three, four o'clock, so it's not a long day, you know. And then I'm either picking them up or I'm. You know meeting them for hockey practice or something like that so you know and then in the evening it is nice you know the kids come home and they they're doing the homework and we're done with dinner and with my laptop you know we could have a hockey game on or be watching TV and I could be writing an article or doing some emails or on slack you know and um, I do some work in the evenings as well you know so it's it's pretty straightforward
2: something I'm curious about have you tried voice typing for your articles nobody can
1: huh you just started writing medium, you, even the you've fastest been writing, writing medium articles right yeah, medium. Yeah, or even the or fastest
2: whatever. writer cannot write faster than he speaks. But I've noticed that when I speak my articles, I speak with different sentence structure and I use different words than if I was sitting there typing. Right.
1: Yeah, I've just always typed my articles. I wrote the, this press release actually a couple days ago for the Chattanooga for the Alexa conference, and it was a press release on SurveyLine. And I just have my feet up there and I'm just writing it on my laptop and I'm tweaking things and everything and I got it just right. And it can't be long because these things, you know, so. Brevity is important. You know, it's not like the long thing, but it's gotta be right. It's gotta say the right mm-hmm. things you wanna say. And I spent a couple hours on it, or more. But yeah, I, it's a good point. I think, you know, voice is good for certain things, for mm-hmm. dictating an article. Maybe a start out with for ideas. live for I'm just used to typing to write articles or create. And I write a lot of emails, so I'm, you know, typing. And that's fine for me. You know, and I'm not one, a lot of people say, oh, your voice, you wanna do everything, but no. There are certain things that are that voice is good for, but it's not everything, yeah. you know? And I'm not gonna sit here saying, oh, you gotta use voice for everything. It's like, if it works and it it's quicker and faster and, and convenient, use voice. If not, I mean, I use my phone all the time. I use my computer all the time. I use my laptop and my tablets all the time. It's not like, oh, I gotta be talking to my voice assistant. It's like, there's certain things that voice is good for, and I wanna bring those to the world or bring those to companies and um, you know that'll just make their lives better, you know. But it's not going to replace everything. So, so we're going to wrap it up with one
0: more question. Um, what do you see the first billion-dollar company or IPO in voice being? Could be Voice Metrics. Could be something else, hardware that you were talking about? Yeah,
1: I mean, it's tough to say. I mean, there's just too much that has to happen Mm. for me to to make a prediction for that. What I like about Voice and I've been saying today is these big companies, that are already billion dollar companies, are putting in so many resources. I mean, I just heard a couple weeks ago that Amazon has 10,000 workers working on Alexa. Mm -hmm. 10,000, you think about, yeah, that's mind blowing you know, how big that is, I don't wanna be a billion dollar company. I just wanna create something that basically provides value and has, you know, some reach that that'd be great. Whatever amount that is as mm-hmm. far as revenue and market share and valuation doesn't really matter so and I can't make the predictions like who's gonna be there next So there's some good companies out there but really it's just a matter of getting out there and learning what people are doing but at the same time if you spend too much time just looking out at the market you, then you lose focus on what you're doing yeah, on a day-to-day that. basis and it was good how you asked me what I did on a day-to-day basis I gotta stay focused on building our product and not be too much like looking at what are they doing what are they doing you do that from time to time but at, this, at the, the bottom line is you gotta you know get your own stuff done
0: yeah Well, I really want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. Um, Do you have any plugs that you want to mention?
1: Um, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, website? Well, I think really if somebody is interested in voice, check out our website, Mm -hmm. voicemetrics.io, voicemetrics.io. Or check out our survey line product, and that's surveysbyvoice.com. Surveysbyvoice.com. I mean, really, just check that stuff out. Mm-hmm. You know, and they can find me, Stuart Crane, just by Googling Stuart Crane or going to Stuartcrane.com. You know, I have a website, Stuartcrane.com, if they want to know all about me. It's just on my website.
0: Now, um, your voice apps, they aren't invocable through the regular Alexa store.
1: They're in the Alexa Skill Store, most okay. of them are.
0: But you need some back-end work to really it Yeah, well you really have to do account in. linking. It's yeah.
1: standard account linking that you use, but you have to have an account on whatever system you're yeah. linking to. Like you were saying with Salesforce, you have to have a Salesforce account. If you're using Zipline, which is our stack, you have to have a Slack account. Um, so whatever that system is, you have to have an account. But the skills are out there, Zipline, SalesLine, uh, Bottomline, that's for QuickBooks, uh, but they're out there. Just search for you know those systems. We'll try or to link
2: voice them metrics. all in voicemetrics.io. Mm-hmm. Central place. Find out about all the products, services, and really start touching yeah. the water with voice.
1: Yeah, voicemetrics place.
0: We hope you enjoyed. Thank you for listening. If you have any feedback, please reach out to us on any platform, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or send us a voice message in Anchor. If you enjoy the podcast or you think it could be improved, Also review us on the podcast outlet of your choice.